to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am your host, Rachel Laurie Harris. If you are new around here, welcome to the podcast. I started this podcast almost two years ago, um, and basically, I just felt like it would be a fun medium to give people dog training advice, and it's really turned into this amazing thing. Um, if you missed it, Pitbull Stories is back. Um, if you're not familiar with Pitbull Stories, um, every Wednesday I share an episode where I talk to professionals, um, just everyday dog owners, all about what it's like to train and own blocky-headed dogs. It is a really fun series. And if you didn't listen to um, episode 139 with the ladies from Bark Nation, you're really going to want to listen. It's an awesome episode. I think that you uh, Pitbull people are really going to dig it. Um, Happy New Year. It's been a while since I checked in. Um, I've been, you know, busy making um, Pitbull stories um, and then Reactive Redefined. Um, We just finished the first launch of the year and we have 25 amazing human beings who have joined and I'm so looking forward to supporting them and celebrating their progress. If you're new around here and you're not sure what Reactive Redefined is, Reactive Redefined is an online coaching program for reactive dog owners, and we give you the practical skills and the emotional support to just kind of kick ass at being a reactive dog team. Um, So I hope that you guys are well. Um, It's so crazy, right? Because now here we are, like almost through the first month of the new year. Um, As always, I am doing my best to just celebrate every day. The dogs and I have gotten a lot of hikes in this week, um, excuse me, this month. Um, So, you know, we're just trying to live our best lives um, and share awesome dog training knowledge. So Guys, in today's episode, I want to talk about um, board and train situations. So I entitled the episode Beware of the Board and Train because obviously it's pretty catchy. But also, um, there are a lot of dangers in board and train situations. Not every situation. We're going to get into that today. But um, I really just want to give you some tangible steps to take if you are considering a board and train situation with your dog. So um, a board and train situation is the dog stays with the trainer in whatever capacity that is. And then the the trainer trains the dog every day and then gives the dog back to you. So I want to talk about your expectations about a board and train first. And then I do want to talk about some red flags and, you know, some stuff to watch for. But um, when we're talking about board and trains, I think that a lot of people's expectations are you're going to give your dog to someone for two weeks. You're going to pay a pretty huge price tag. But when they give the dog back, the dog is going to be, quote unquote, fully trained. And I want you to understand that that expectation is going to leave you really disappointed and probably broke. So um, I used to do a lot of board and trains, right, where I would I would take people's dogs and they would hang out with me for a couple of weeks and I would train them and I would give the dog back. And it can be successful. I'm not saying that it can't be be successful, but it's really important that you as the dog's owner, your expectations are clear. Right. So um 
something that I always told my clients before I took the dog was, listen, like I'm not going to fix or cure your dog. You're not, your dog is not going to come back to you fully trained. What I'm going to do is I'm going to keep up everything that you've been doing so that when I give the dog back, you can launch off of that consistency. Right. And that's for a whole host of issues, you know, puppies, reactive dogs, um, you know, overzealous, obnoxious dogs. But it's important that you realize that two weeks of board and train or even four weeks of board and train, you're not going to have a completely trained dog. That's not the way that it works. Right. Our dogs are emotional creatures that are always learning, growing and evolving just like we are. So um, while they may learn things and they may have a solid skill set of behaviors, The magic really happens when you continue that and you appreciate your dog for who they are and recognize that you are responsible for continuing the training. So I think it's really important that your expectations of the board and train are not fictitious, right? So understanding that sending your dog to a board and train program is not going to give you a completely quote unquote fixed or 100% trained dog. That's just not the way that it works, right? So you need to go into it with realistic expectations. I will be honest, these days, I don't really do board and trains anymore. Obviously, some of that is like COVID related, but um, Tiva is almost 14. She has tolerated a lot of bullshit in this house with dogs in and out, and I don't do that. But another reason is because I really want to work with the human. I want to show you what you need to be doing so that when I leave, you have the skills. And obviously I learned a lot as far as like my training and my timing and all of that, having dogs in and out of my house for, you know, almost the last 10 years. But, um, I really want to focus on the human end of things these days, not just the dog. So that's kind of where I'm at with board and train, just to give you all some perspective here. But, um, I want to talk about some red flags first and foremost. And then I want to talk about some questions you should be asking to make sure that it's a good fit. So I think that some good situations for a board and train would be like, okay, you're going out of town for a couple of weeks. Isn't that funny to think about that? Like in COVID times, like, are we really going out of town for a couple of weeks? Okay. But let's fast forward to when most of the population has been vaccinated and it's safer to travel. So you're going to be gone for like an extended amount of time and you have a dog that you've put a lot of training into and you want to make sure that training is kept up. I do think that like a board and train situation can be great for that, right? You're going to be out of town anyways. Um, and instead of, you know, asking your mom or your friend who maybe isn't qualified to take care of the dog, you pay a professional to train the dog while you're gone. I think that that can be a really good situation for a board and train. But I think that if you've recently rescued a dog, you've recently purchased a dog from a breeder, um, I'm going to encourage you to keep the dog at your house, right? I want you to do the work. If you've had like a new baby or something and you're feeling tremendously overwhelmed, I do think a board and train situation could be good for that. But by and large, y'all, I want you to bond with the dog. And that happens by having the dog in your house. So um, I know that life circumstances come up, but I really think that if you've just recently acquired a dog, I don't think that a board and train is a great option right out the get unless, you know, you have like crazy life circumstances or you're traveling or something like that. So that would be my two cents on that. So some red flags to watch out for. 
Any trainer who tells you that your dog is going to be fixed by the time you pick them up is full of shit and you should walk away from them, right? Same thing with fully trained, quote unquote, fully trained. That's not the way that it works. You can't fully train a dog in two weeks, right? Uh, Training takes an entire lifetime. And I would argue that a dog is never fully trained, okay? So huge red flags. If that's what they advertise, advertise on their website, if that's what they tell you over the phone or in an email, run because they are gonna abuse your dog and claim that they fixed the dog. Okay. So huge red flag there. Um, there, there are a couple different situations in which I've observed like board and train situations happen. So like, you know, some, some trainers have huge facilities and they kind of like warehouse dogs and that's where they do the board and train. Um, I know a lot of trainers, myself included, do like in-home board and trains. So, um, I think that when I'm looking at like a warehouse situation where there's like a big facility and there's a lot of dogs, that is a little just scary to me, like right from the surface. There are a lot of people doing it well. Um, there are some local trainers who are doing it well. Jamie with Training Wheels, if y'all are local, she is in Broomfield. She is doing it right. Her facility is amazing. She does great things. But in general, if the dog is going to be in like a warehouse facility, I definitely am going to ask a ton of questions and get a lot of insight before I would trust my dog going there. I will be honest with you, leaving my dog in like a warehouse boarding or board and train situation is not something I would ask of either of my dogs just because as, as individuals, I don't think that they could handle it very well. So if you have a dog who is worried, anxious, fearful, I think be really cautious about a warehouse board and train situation. Okay, so um, when we're interviewing trainers, we're interviewing companies that offer board and trains. I want you to ask a lot of questions, a lot of questions, you guys. And if these people are annoyed, that's your answer, right? But I want you to ask a lot of questions. So one, what are their credentials? Do they have any credentials? If they don't have any credentials, then that's something we definitely need to uh, take into account. Personally, I would not leave my dogs with anyone who wasn't credentialed, especially pay them a large sum of money. So definitely take that into consideration. You definitely want to ask some very specific questions, right? Where is the dog going to be kept? What is the schedule going to look like? How many hours are they going to be in the kennel for? How much training are they going to get? Are they going to get playtime? Are they going to get other enrichment? You need to ask those questions because in my opinion, it is unethical to leave a dog in a kennel and only bring it out for just a couple of hours to train it, especially if that trainer is taking a large sum of money in exchange for that. So from where I sit, I don't think that that's a good investment. I wouldn't do it. Um, So definitely ask those questions. You want to know, is the trainer certified? Do they have any credentials? How long have they been doing this? What is their experience like? Do they have another client you could talk to that had a positive experience? Like definitely be asking that. And then you want to ask a lot of specific questions about like, what is the day-to-day going to look like for your dog? How much training are they actually getting? What's happening with them when they aren't being actively trained? Um, You definitely want to ask questions like, okay, what if the dog does something wrong, quote unquote wrong? How is that trainer going to handle that? If any of the answers, they're going to correct them. They're going to tell them they've done it wrong. They're going to punish them. Run. Definitely would not leave my dog with that person. 
Um, something else that I think is important to ask is how often are you going to get updates? How often are they going to be updating you? And like, you know, I don't think that a trainer has to update you 24 seven, but like when I was boarding dogs, I was sending daily updates, pictures, videos. And then anytime the client wanted to like text and ask how the dog was, I always did my best to respond accordingly. I think that that's important. We need to hold trainers accountable. And like, I understand on the trainer end of things, like they can't be available. 24 hours a day, but I don't think that a daily update is a huge ask, right? And if they can't even do that as a bare minimum, then I think that that's a red flag and you should run. Um, I think it's important to ask questions about how the board and train facility or trainer is equipped to handle a dog with your specific needs, right? So evaluating who your dog has is as an individual and making sure that the trainer is equipped to handle that dog. So um, when Waylon was, oh, he was maybe like nine months old. My husband and I went to Hawaii and I had um, a friend of ours, a trainer, uh, shout out to Shauna. I had her watch Waylon because I knew she was capable of handling Waylon's wildness, <laughs> right? Not everyone is capable of handling a dog like Waylon. Not every trainer is capable of handling a dog like Waylon. So that's why I went above and beyond to make sure I got someone who understood Waylon as an individual and I knew was up for that challenge. Okay. So you definitely want to ask a lot of those questions. Um, I think that when we're looking at in-home training, like in-home board and train from where I sit, that's an easier option, especially if you just have like, you know, a pet dog who just hangs out at your house most of the time. I think that that's going to be less stressful, less overwhelming to go from like one home setting to another home setting versus like a warehousing situation. Um, I think that if you have a dog that um, has pretty intense behaviors, right? So they can resource guard, they can be aggressive to people, they can be aggressive to dogs. I do think that like a a warehouse board and train situation um, can be beneficial just because that's very managed and curated. And I think that there's less room for error there. But um, if I had to pick and choose, I would say that I would I would prefer an in-home boarding situation over like a, a warehouse boarding situation. But I understand that, you know, there's a lot of um, variables and stuff included in that. So I don't think that warehouse boarding is bad per se, but um, there are definitely some people who are doing it poorly. So um, guys, just to give you some perspective here, um, over the years, I have worked with many clients, probably dozens. We're probably talking like 50 clients at this point in my career that paid a large sum of money to a dog training company for a board and train. And in that board and train, they punished and used um, very punitive and abusive training techniques that the dog never truly recovered from. So I don't want to villainize all board and train situations. That's not what I want to do. But I want to help you understand that like there are very high stakes here, right? So don't take board and train lightly. Don't take take investing a large sum of money lightly. I really want you to like do your due diligence in all of this. Um, I think that board and train situations are one of those things that like if you have a new puppy and they need basic manners and you're going to leave town, board and train could be great for that. If you have a leash reactive dog that you're going to be out of town, board and train can be great for that. But I think that there are limits to board and trains, right? Like if you have a dog with separation anxiety, board and train ain't going to help you a lick, okay? Um, If you have a dog who can be dog aggressive, 
if the person, the trainer that you've left the dog with is specialized in that and is going to work through a setup, maybe that can help. But I think that there are limits to the board and train, right? And like something that's so missed in like the training dynamic and conversation is like the relationship between you and your dog. So just because the dog is going to the trainers and can do all the stuff for the trainer, there's not a guarantee they're going to do it for you if you're not putting in the work and you're not connected to your dog. And yes, we can train things operantly. Yes, I can teach any dog to sit, lay down, do all of those basic manners. But while that's happening, I'm building a relationship with the dog and the owner is missing out on that. Right. So you have to remind yourself that I'm not saying that board and trains can't be effective in some ways, but ultimately your relationship with your dog is what really matters as you know, the first thing and then training kind of falls into place after that. So, um, I hope this was helpful, you guys. I really just wanted to do this episode so that you and your dogs do not fall victim to shitty trainers who will take a large sum of money and abuse your dog. Instead, I want you to fall into the hands of qualified professionals who will bring your dog into their home or boarding facility like it was one of their own. Your dog's needs will be met while you were gone, and when you come back, your dog will be just as good and happy as they were before. So I hope that was helpful. I hope that you all are well. I hope that you are finding some peace in this new year. Um, If you have any podcast topic ideas, hey, send me a direct message over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. Have a beautiful weekend and smooch those puppies for me. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about how you can connect with me for training, you can go to my website, agfdogtraining.com. If you'd like more training inspiration and insight, you can follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. If you'd like to become a member and support the podcast, please check us out on Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com slash disorderly dogs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any future episodes and if you really like this podcast and you want to go above and beyond for me you could leave a five-star review over on apple podcast to help more like-minded individuals find us